Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another exciting edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We're going to look at John chapter 5. We were talking about this before that we came on the air. And the fact that there are some people who don't really want to get well. And it seems an interesting question is, as Jesus speaks to this man in John chapter 5, the pool at Bethesda, the man had been... And before you say get well, that's in any and all, all aspects. parts of our life. Right, right. Just not in healing. That's just, that's general. Right. And he's, and this man had been laying by the pool, and Jesus sees him. And the first thing that Jesus asked him is something that for a lot of people seems like a very strange question to ask. And that is, do you want to be well? And we would on the surface say, well, of course he wants to get well. Of course everybody wants to get well. Why would you even ask him if he wants to get well? And yet it is a key question because do you even want to get well? As hard as it is to believe sometimes, we like the pity that we get. We like the attention sometimes that we might get from being ill or having something wrong with us. And it's a hard habit to break out of for some people. The idea that people would feel sorry for them, that people would have sympathy for them, that people would have pity for them, and it gets them at least attention from people that they might not get otherwise. And so Jesus has to ask this man right off, do you want to get well? And I think this is a question that everybody has to ask themselves. And it's not just... Well, I'm not lame. I'm not laying by a pool. This could be anything that's afflicting you in your life. There's the old saying that it, the devil you know is better than the one you don't. And there are some people who want to stay where they are. They come to you and they'll have the same story over and over and over. Year after year. Year after year. And you say, do you want some advice? Or maybe you have given them advice. That won't work for me. Maybe for other people that will work, but that won't work. Here's why. And the same thing happened with this man with, with Jesus, because Jesus says to him, do you want to be well? And he says, you know what? Other people get in there ahead of me. I, I, ha I don't have anybody to help me, so other people get in ahead of me, and so I can't get in the pool in time. Goes right back to, yeah, that'll work for other people, but that won't work for me. Have you thought about counseling? That will work for some people, but it wouldn't work for me. Have you thought about rehab, going to rehab? Oh, that would work for some people, but it probably wouldn't work for me. And people have excuse after excuse after excuse of why they can't change. They, they want to tell you how bad it is that they have it, how terrible their affliction is. Oh, woe is me. And as you like to say, an organ recital. But when it comes down to actually changing, when it comes down to time to actually do something, they don't really want to do it because they just kind of like where they're at. And, and I was just, as you were speaking, I was just thinking about the whole scenery. 
because Jesus came for the lost sheep of Israel. And I'm pretty sure he was one of those sheep because remember, we know the woman that acts, made her request made known. Jesus said it ain't good to give the, the dogs, the children's bread. And, and so that wasn't the response to this gentleman. He asked him a question. Do you want me? Do you want to be healed? So I'm pretty sure the guy heard what Jesus was doing with everybody else. But so he still ran his same organ recital about how it ain't going to work. Yeah, other people are going to get in ahead yeah, of me. Right, right. And how everybody, every time the water gets troubled, so-and-so and them come because they're a little faster and this and that and the other. And, and I was reminded, as you were speaking too, again, as it relates to us today, we're in covenant with God if we're God's children, if we're born again. And the scripture says we're heirs with God and we're joint heirs with Christ. And he also, and then tells us to study to show self approved too. So he says in his word, make your request made known to the Lord in one text. And then in another text, he say, you have not because you ask not. Right. Well, this guy didn't even have any hope. Right, right, right. He just, well, that's why he came and asked him the question. Do you want to be made well? And then he didn't even say yes. Or, he basically said no because he went into all the excuses. He, all he had to do was say yes. Yes and amen. Boom. But he was so conditioned and, and familiar with his situation that he responded as usual. No, no, I got this, that, and the other man. It ain't going to work for me. And, and uh, it reminds me of the other guy with John. and Was it John and Peter? Another guy. Was that another instance? James and John. Right. And the guy was begging every day. That was his MO. He stood up with that sign every day. Somebody, it can be, and we can relate that to the day, the guy with the sign. And you pull up and say, hey, I got a job for you. No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. No, no, no. This is what I, this is my job. So they were saying silver and gold. We have not, but what we have, we'll, we'll, that's what you need. You need what's been deposited in us, and what's been deposited in us, the power of God through His Holy Spirit. We can give you that because that's going. Once we lay hands on you and you say yes to that and receive that, you'll be on your merry way. You know, again, a lot of people we were saying before the broadcast, they want to stay in their current situation. Because it's 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 got familiar now. That's their comfort zone. They're not comfortable getting out of the zone. This is good. I just want to sit by this pool every day and, and, and watch it because I've been doing this for 20 years. And so when you come with a solution to my problem, uh-uh, I got to reject that because this is what I got to do tomorrow. I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Right. I'm going to get right back by this pool. And you're trying to tell me to do scratch myself to do something, scratch me to believe to get me to do something different. No, I'm complacent. I'm happy here. Like the guy with the sign that Peter and John encountered or whoever it was with Peter when they say silver and gold. So with God, we have to all, he's going to always take us out of our comfort zone. It's required. Faith. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. And God's going to always uh, encourage you and challenge you to do something that don't seem right. Cause he said he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. So, but us as ministry leaders and Christians and, and with family members, we got to understand some of our family members don't want to get any better. They want to stay there. And you have to, Jesus gave us a command for that. He said, don't nobody want to hear the good news or the wisdom that's inside of you from above. Just kick the dust off you and, and keep pushing forward. And, you know, we want to say, oh, that's my family member. Oh, no, if they don't want to receive the gift, if I give you a gift and say, here, Richard, here's $1,000, a gift. And you said, you don't receive it. Who does it belong to? It's still belong to me because well, you didn't receive it. I'm going to wonder why I didn't. 
Well, 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 no, because you used to being broke, and you think that's too much money. You don't want to be a thousand there, because <laughs> you, you think uh, that money is evil. It's gonna do something to you. Money is the root of all. Yeah, evil. it's the root of all evil, and it's gonna make you go do some stuff. So you know, I don't want to receive that. And we have people for whatever reasons. I call it stinking thinking, and it's about complacency and comfort zones and staying in a box of containment where you're familiar. You gotta when you're walking with Jesus. You got to be like Peter. You got to get out the boat. Well, you know, and and it's not just always about an illness. There are people in abusive situations. Yeah, that's what I'm referring that have to. Have just kind of got used to being abused, right? And it's just my lot in life. It's just the way it's going to be, mm-hmm. and it can't do anything different. And they need to realize they can. That mm-hmm. you can break out of that. Same way with addictions. Um, you and I both know a guy that had the same addiction for years, and. All he wants to do is tell you about it, but he doesn't want to do anything about it. And he'll it. tell you why he why he can't do it. Right, and he'll tell it. you all his problems, all the surgeries I had, and why I got to do this. And this really ain't drugs because the doctor prescribes it. Dude, you're a junkie. <laughs> so you're 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 addicted. But to him, no, it's not. But you do it every day, <laughs> and you and when you don't have it, you're withdrawing. You're addicted to pain medication, but he has every reason. Under the sun, why he needs to take this. And, and he why don't. he can't stop. And right, why he can't, he can't do anything. Yeah. Why he can't even go tell the doctor that he's taken five times as many as the doctor told him he should take. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it isn't just a physical healing. But people get into situations where they have just kind of got used to it. It's, it's not good. They don't really like it that well. But they understand it. it they it's familiar. Where, right. Yeah, I know it like the back of my hand. And and again, as you were speaking, I was just thinking to me, I grew up in Chicago, in the inner cities of Chicago, and where poverty was at all-time high. And and since I left in the late 80s, it's gotten worse. 20-something years, 30 years, it hasn't gotten worse. But that was the mentality there. We're stuck here in this poverty. We're stuck in this community. We can't get out. And at 18, I was given the opportunity to leave that community as well as a lot of other my friends, they decided, because when I got out, I called back to go strengthen the brethren, to get them out. And you know what? They made every excuse known to man why they couldn't leave. You know, the homies in the block needed them. (laughs) And and when I left, I came from Chicago to California, and I got to see a whole something different. I got to see, you know, a diverse group of people, and I was enlightened. And I was like, wow, you can really get out of your situation. Do like I did. Just jump on a Greyhound. So I got out of that, and and I came out here and was exposed to something else. But again, and here's the thing. My mind kept thinking about where I came from, just like the children of Israel. They kept thinking about Egypt and wanting to go back to Egypt. But I had to continue to to press towards that mark of the high calling. And again, I went back and visited a couple times just to help get it out of my system. And finally, it, it all got out. But... You have to press, and you have to say, you know what, where where I'm heading is better than where I came from. Yeah, I grew up there. Yeah, a lot of my friends there. But I, as I would go back, I would see them doing the same thing. And they would say, they would tell me things like, you change. You, you, you talk white now. Well, I learned how to speak proper English. But, but they were saying, I changed. And then I was thinking, they didn't change. They were still the same. <laughs> They did the same, and I had changed, and they noticed the change, the transformation in me. And, and again, I just say this to encourage people, 
you can change. Right. You don't have to be the same. You don't. You don't, you don't have, have to, to stay, stay in the same state, city, state or condition that you're in. You can, you can, there's an opportunity always when somebody comes to you with some advice. That's an opportunity to get out your negative situation. And in fact, Jesus says to him, stand up, take your mat and walk. And the man does. And that's where we see his faith in action is he actually does what Jesus tells him to do. Right. And he could have said, no, I'm going to sit down here and he'd have got what he always had. Right. He could have said, hey, you know, I've been here for so long. Just telling me to stand up isn't going to work, isn't going to help. But he shows his faith in that he actually stands up and walks as Jesus told him. I showed my faith when somebody bought me a ticket because I ain't had no money for that Greyhound. Somebody bought me a ticket. I had to get down to the downtown Chicago to the Greyhound bus station and get on the bus. The ticket could have been sitting there for months, but if I wouldn't have asked somebody for a ride or made a way to the bus station, I'd have been stuck in the hood, too, with the rest of them and end up going to penitentiary, being hooked on cocaine and heroin, the whole nine, getting caught up in that cycle of uh, doing nothing, of of just what goes on in those type of communities. Well, you know, here's the thing. Jesus, when, when Jesus asks him if he wants to be well, Jesus doesn't say, well, you know what? I'm going to make you a better mat. So you'll be more comfortable while you're there, you know, laying by the pool. And I'll see if I can't clear some of these people out of the way so that next time you can get closer and maybe you can get in the pool. Or else I'll have some people bring you some better food while you're here waiting by the pool. Jesus tells him, get up and walk. He doesn't want to leave us in the condition that we're in. The same way he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, it applies even to this. He doesn't want to leave us in our condition. He doesn't want to leave us in our sin. He doesn't want to leave us in our ailments. He doesn't want to leave us in our condition the way we were. And so if you're in a place where you're in abusive, he doesn't want to leave you there. If you're in a place where you're addicted to substances, he doesn't want to leave you there. He doesn't want to leave a person in that condition. If you're lost in your sin, he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants you to be freed from it. And here's the deal. He'll never tell you to do something you can't do. Right. He told the young man, get up, knowing that he could. Right. Yeah. He, it wasn't a baby. Right, right, see right. See if you can get up. <laughs> right. If, if you can get up, you'll be made ill. Yeah. See, no, he see told if them, you can get up, and we'll see how it goes. Right. He just tells him, get up. But I always tell that, you know, God never tells us to do something that we can't do. And I always use the example with a baby that's two months years old. I'm not going to tell a two-month-year-old baby to go fry some chicken or eat some chicken because I know they're not capable of that. But I, I will tell my teenage son, go take out the garbage. I wouldn't tell a little baby to do that because they're not capable of that. So you're not going to tell your teenage son to go fry some chicken? Well, if I know he's <laughs> been taught well. But that's what I'm saying, taught. But we're not going to tell a responsible parents. And Heavenly Father is a responsible parent. We're not, you're not going to tell a child to do something that they're not capable, but that you know they're not capable of doing. So Jesus must have knew the guy had something in him. Well, see, he knew he touched him. Mm-hmm. The guy could stand up, but right. he just wanted to. Yeah, he put something in it when he touched him because he, he made those bones. So right. he touched him just like the woman with the issue of blood. She said, now that was faith in action. She said, I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I'll be made well. And remember, she did what she had to do. She came out the house when it was unlawful for her to do that. She pressed through the crowd, and she did got just what and she touched said. Touched a man that wasn't her husband, which right, wasn't right, right, right either. Right, 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 right. But but she just touched the thread, and, and Jesus said, "Hey, who touched me?" 
And the disciples say, what do you mean who touched oh, you? A lot of people are touching you. What are you Everybody's touching you. You're the famous one. <laughs> he said, no, no. Somebody touched me with some expectancy because I felt virtue out. or power going out <laughs> of me. And just like you say with the young man, when he touched him, power went in him. And, and again, one touch from Jesus is all it needs. Right. So if you're listening and you haven't been touched by Jesus, the Bible says all who call upon his name shall be saved. You Amen. can call upon his name. You don't got to go to a church building. Do that right in your bathroom, in the, your bedroom, in your car if you're listening. You can call out on the name of Jesus and he'll touch you. He just said, believe. Just believe that I am. That's what he was asking the young man. Just believe. I am. I know you heard about me. I know you heard I've been, you know, healing the lame, healing the blind, lepers, demons getting cast out. Well, here I am. I'm in your presence today. Remember, the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. He said, I'm right here now. Then he tells us now, just knock and the door shall be open. Seek and you will find. So God gives everybody in the world an opportunity to experience his miracle working power. And like you said, Richard, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's how I came in. He, he revealed himself to me through power. I tell people, that's my testimony. It was through power. I didn't grow up. I went to church, but I really didn't get nothing. But at 38, God said, I'm going to show you. I'm going to reveal to you my awesome power. But here's the first deal. I cried out to him. <laughs> you know, I didn't know he was a deliverer, but I knew he could deliver. Because I hadn't experienced it, but I just... Put some, I put my bet on him. Well, if anybody can get me out of this, it's the Lord. And God knows your heart. And he knew, he understand that cry was a legitimate one. Oh, he showed up with a mighty outstretched hand just to prove himself faithful. Because God ain't going to be put to shame. He's going to prove himself. If you say, okay, remember what they call that, the, the showdown at Mar Mount Carmel. Was, I think it was in the book of Kings. The prophets of Baal and the prophets of the Lord, they say, okay, man, we're done with all this, man. We're going to find out whose God is the real God. Right. We're going to fill this ditch up with water Elijah. and logs. And whoever's God, the real God that can consume this bad boy, just soak them water, we'll just say that's the real God. So, well, see, Elijah's up there and the, the prophets of Baal are all screaming and hollering all morning. And, uh, he, and, he, and he starts Sorry. harassing them. What is he, asleep? He's taking a bathroom he's break. Out, he's probably asleep somewhere. He probably can't hear you. Yell louder so maybe he can hear you. And then, of course, then he has them put water and fill water in the trench all around it. And, and then God calls down fire. It's interesting when you were talking about you don't have to be in a church building. What happens next in this story speaks to that, I think. Because when the guy goes to the temple, the the powers that be were like, hey, this is the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be carrying your mat. <laughs> the religious people always got something right. to say about a healing. Now, they don't care that he got healed. <laughs> right, right. All they know is you're carrying this mat <laughs> you're on doing the something Sabbath that you're not supposed to be. This looks like work to me. <laughs> right. See, because you couldn't you couldn't carry an un, uh, a bed right. on the Sabbath. And you couldn't so, carry anything. And so he's carrying his bed once again. What was the Sabbath for? The Sabbath was not only just a day of rest, but a day to worship God. God, God had wanted them to set this day aside to worship him. That was its purpose. But their thought the purpose became following the law. We can't work on the Sabbath. We're not to work. So, of course, like good human beings that we are, we have to define what work is. And, man, they had a list that would define work that would choke a horse. They had a big book that listed what work was and what work wasn't. 
And so when they see this guy, they don't worship God because this guy's now healed because that's what the Sabbath is for. No, they say, hey, you're not supposed to be carrying that mat. You're violating the Sabbath. Well, I must admit that he was worshiping the Lord. He oh, was he worshiping was. the Lord because he was healed. Yeah, he was worshiping they, the Lord. They were the ones who weren't. and But all they could see was, hey, this isn't supposed to be, you're not supposed to be doing that on the Sabbath. They weren't worshiping God. So when we talk about, as you were talking about earlier, you can get a touch from God anywhere. Sometimes people think, well, it can only happen on Sunday. Or it can only happen in a church building. Or it can only happen an evangelist is there. Uh Or it can only happen if there's a healer there. You can call on God. It doesn't matter Uh what day of the week. It it happens when he shows up. Right. And he'll show up. He's always on time. And you know what? Unfortunately, in this story, I think that those good church people that were telling them, hey, you're not supposed to be carrying that mat, they're not gone today either. There's still people just like that still today. Oh, yes. Who don't really want to admit that God still has the power that he Well, uh, remember my testimony, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you, when I first got saved, I received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in the privacy of my home, in my bedroom, as I was studying the book of Romans. Got to chapter 10, around verse 8, where he talks about whoever shall call upon his name. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you're saved. Well, I was studying and reading it, and I received it as truth, and I say... I do. I do. do. That means you're in covenant with somebody. That's what you do when you get married. You tell the other party, I do. And the Bible says we're married to Christ. So I basically just said, I do. I do believe what I just received. And I remember, you know, going to my wife's uh, religious uh, church the following Sunday, and I told the pastor's wife how I'm born again. I'm saved. She looked at me like, I didn't save you. I didn't get you. It didn't happen here. And I told her what happened. She said, you're not saved, young man. I'll let you know when you're saved. And I walked away sad like a mug because I didn't know. But in their particular denomination, in order for you to be saved, they need some evidence of you speaking in tongues first. That, that's not scriptural. No. So th- but that was their denomination religious uh, standard for you to be saved. You got to spit out tongue first. And then... We'll deem you saved. Well, the pastor's wife got to, you know, do whatever. I don't know what it was. I just read the word and I believed it. And yeah, so if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the I dead. I tried to tell her that. So I got born again again. I got went on a cruise with Fred Price and he gave an invitation after the service to get born again. And I raised my hand for that. He took me in a room and ministered to me, one of his uh, ushers, and they ministered the same scripture to me. I said, man, I did that about six months ago. The young man say, uh, well, brother, if you believed and declared that in your heart and said it with your mouth, you're saved. I said, well, so-and-so said I wasn't. He said, no, man, no, you're saved. We can right. do it again. I said, well, let's just do it again and make sure. <laughs> but, but that showed me right there how religious people have their own, um, I guess, standard for somebody else getting something from the Lord. And the Lord, the Bible says, you know, he's gracious to all who call upon him. That, that's just it. Well, see, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. doesn't say those things and. No, it doesn't say and. And. No. You speak in tongues and you believe this and you do that and you go to church every Sunday and you go to this particular church building every Sunday and, and, and. It doesn't, there's no and. 
There's, if it don't you, even say anything before that either. <laughs> if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Boom. There's no and quit smoking and quit drinking and start going. Well, see, to a here, lot of people think you got to do the ands first and then you, then you can get saved. Right. But you've talked to people and so have I who say, one of these days I'm going to clean myself up. One of these days I'm going to quit doing this. One of these days I'm going to quit doing that and then I'm going to start going to church. And then I'm going to be okay. I used to be one of those people. I thought like that until I get, came into the knowledge of the truth. And Come as you are. You can't clean yourself up, number one. And number two, you know what? Even if you did clean yourself up and you just started going to church but you never got saved, it it didn't help. And we got there's a lot of people that are deceived that are doing that today. Right. They just cleaned themselves up and started going to church, and they never received Jesus in their heart as their personal Lord and Savior. They just figure, hey, I'm going to do this you know, my way. And, then and, they, and now they, I look better. Yeah, I look better. But uh, I act better. But but if you don't accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, because we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We're not saved by, by works. going to church. Mm-hmm. We're not saved by our good works. By quitting smoking or drinking. We're not saved by helping our neighbor. Because here's the deal: when I got born again, I still did all that. I did all that because I came as I were, and as I continued in the faith. He started pruning and See, cutting. that's maturity. That's, yeah. that's as yeah, you're yeah, maturing yeah. in the faith. So, that's as we talked about before. When you have this baby at home, you don't expect it to do certain things. But as it gets older, then things change. That's the way we are as a Christian. Yeah, you come just as you are. And then as God wants to work in you, not the pastor or the pastor's wife or some deacon or anybody else, as God wants to work in you, transformation then he takes place. pruning you. And, and as you say, transformation, sanctification, all those things start to take place in us. You start to look like him, more and more like him, less and less like your old self. Right. And because <laughs> yeah, you do, it and, and it's he, he's the one that's and, doing and it. And it's though. a process. Right. It's a process. I mean, I, I've known people that were addicted to alcohol. They got saved, and the day they got saved, they never touched another drop. I mean, literally never touched another drop. I've known other people that were addicted to alcohol. They got saved, and it was years Well, it, again, that's back to desire. When I got saved, no, I, I didn't want to stop smoke, smoking and drinking. I still wanted to do that until I started maturing, and I started getting a revelation of this is not good for me. Now I don't have a desire for it anymore. But, no, that wasn't my desire to stop doing all that. But God started enlightening me with the truth, and he starts setting me free and letting me know the cigarette smoking just going to get you to heaven quicker. But anyway, <laughs> with that said, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. And uh, we just want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.